I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> how how are you doing this week? I'm well. Okay, good. I'm well. Um, so I'm kind of doing a new crazy thing. I don't think I even told you about it yet. Um, so I, there's a local, like, professional theater, like, company around where I live. Um, I know what it is. And I am auditioning for their summer season. How exciting. Yeah. So they're doing some really cool shows and there's a lot that have like big casts and I think some really cool, like I'm going, I'm not going for any like lead roles or anything. I just kind of. You should. I'm going to, I mean, I'm throwing my name in for, they had to like fill out a thing and say like, would I be comfortable with like an ensemble role or understudy or like anything? And I was like, F- whatever. Yeah. Um, but and there's like, no, I must be the star. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Only I mean, the pictures have gotten smaller. <laughs> um so i yeah i'm hoping for um there's a couple of really cool shows that they're doing that i really want to get into so that's um, amazing i've always wanted to do that fiddler on the roof is one so i really (gasps) want to be in fiddler i and i'm like going just going for that one for a dance role like i don't even care if i speak at all and it i just like wanted that is be in that so show i think it'd be really cool. fun and really cool um but there's a couple of other like ones that i haven't really heard of as much um and some that are like written by like local people that's amazing um, so i'm really excited to um you know even if it is just like ensemble background whatever like i don't care when you win your first Academy Award, will you thank me? I will. Okay, Absolutely. Good. Well, I had to. So for the <laughs> first time in my life, I've had to do a performance resume, which oh. is totally different than like your work experience resume. So I had right. to do one of those. And like, I didn't have a current headshot um, with me because I've cut my hair. Yeah. So like, my hair shorter and you, you want to like them to see kind of what you look like now. So I have a very unprofessional like just shot of my face um <laughs> that i sent in of like in me in my bathroom pretty much <laughs> like just like a selfie <laughs> maybe not the best lighting not the best lighting um didn't have like really a whole lot of makeup on so i look kind of scary but they can kind of get a general the idea the toilet's in the background <laughs> the toilet was not in the background okay, i did make sure of that um good. so you know it's just it wasn't great um but you know i submitted it it was fine um, but I had to do, like, a whole thing where, like, all of your, like, performance backgrounds and things like that and, like, what skills you have. I mean, that's pretty have. hefty, though, for you. I mean, I didn't put, like... Did you put this podcast? I did not put this podcast. I should. I should have. When Sometimes. they ask me about stuff in the audition, I'll mention it. You should say, I have a voice for radio. Yeah. I have the face for radio. The that's face what I tell for radio. Um, no. No, so I put like, because I've done, um, done two professional shows in my life. Mm-hmm. One when I was eight years old or seven. I was seven years old. Um, You've been in the business since you were a kid. <laughs> I did you The Sound this. of Music when I was seven. Oh I was gosh. Marta. 
the yeah. second youngest child. Oh my gosh, um, I love it. I did that, and then I did. I was in the Miracle Worker about Helen Keller's life, um, and I what? played Blind Girl Number Three. <laughs> I was in like one scene. <laughs> <coughs> oh, yeah. Blind girl number three, Haley Tendleton's <coughs> wife. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Wow. So. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm like hacking She's up a dying. <coughs> This just speaks to our professionalism, y'all. Yeah, it's rough. It's it's usually me that's coughing up a lung. So <coughs> I am excited for you, and I <coughs> I want your name in lights. <coughs> I really do. That's what I want to see. I want to go and like. Everything in lights. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that Maybe whatever's happening with my voice clears up by when I have to audition. So I don't I hope so sound too. like I'm dying. I hope so, too. Because <clears throat> I did put on there that I could sing. Can you? I little. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, I've done, like, I did musicals and, like, church choir and things like that. So. I think that we should start a band. Yeah? Yeah. I think so, too. I sing constantly. Yeah. I don't care if anybody likes it. Right. I just sing. So. Well, and like my voice has changed so much over the years too. Are you going through puberty? I think so. Um, Because used to when I was like a teenager and even younger, I was a very high soprano. Me too. Like I sang very high. I could hit all those high notes. And now as I've gotten older, I definitely sing more in like the like low soprano to alto range. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I land. I think naturally your voice changes and deepens. When you're younger, you have mm-hmm. you tend to have a higher pitch voice. Yeah. And then as you get older, it gets a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just natural. So I think I sing much more on an alto level, which for some shows is really good. Yeah. Because it is mostly alto parts. Um, so I'm thinking maybe with like a big ensemble, like they'll need some yeah. of those voices. Like... I don't think I, I need to be front and center for any of that type of work. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> I am going to go in and like they had a call for like professionals and you had to like prepare a monologue and like a dance reel and all this stuff. And I was like, no, thank you. So I submitted like the community form. I was like, I'll just go in blind. <laughs> That's amazing. You so. know, uh, so I used to do theater in high school. Mm-hmm. That was my big thing. I directed shows. I wrote plays. We basically did everything. I mean, That's we built awesome. sets. We, you know, and I acted a lot. So I did a lot of improv, which was just so much fun. Um, and anytime at my job, you know, you, you go to um, a meeting or whatever and or a training and they're like, okay, now we're going to do a role play. <gasps> I instantly see people lose their mind of, oh my God, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, hot diggity. I love role play. Oh yeah. It's I just, fun. like, I hate doing them because they're just so, like, role plays in, like, our past work environment they're just so unrealistic and i'm like i hate this but they were so funny to like they are so get funny. into and it is kind of a, it's kind of fun so um holly I, and i were never allowed to be partners no no we were <laughs> we did we be partners one, one time, time and that was the last time <coughs> what was that motivational interviewing motivational yeah. interviewing we were in it together and <laughs> started laughing well we couldn't come up with anything we wanted to change about ourselves because you know we're just such good we're people perfect, obviously um so we just made up like <clears throat> just made up horrible things about us about what we said like i want to stop you know killing people or something crazy no, like i think that. it was I like what we said 
we were on the coke or something on the okay. on the crack <laughs> or something or something like, like i want to stop doing crack <laughs> yeah um the instructor didn't appreciate that no we still got a certificate our colleagues but, thought um, it was hilarious oh my gosh and then we had other people joining in and then it was pretty funny but then the trainer really looked pissed so but i feel like ours was the most accurate representation of motivational interviewing that is true we did a good job we, we did an actual we hit it. all of the points they wanted us to what hit i hear you saying and is, made it a comedy exactly oh my god it was amazing yeah. we did our change ruler we did where are you on the ruler exactly how willing are you to change and behavior? i told them not at all i like my drugs <laughs> i was like all right you're at a zero how do we get to a one i was like why are we not at a negative one well it, well, we are actually. Oh, okay. We are. I wasn't ready. You I wasn't weren't ready. ready. You no. weren't ready. How can no. we get there? Take away the drugs. Okay, that would help. Okay, is that Maybe a realistic? Slowly, well, slowly wean you off. You yeah. know, we were the ones in the tavern selling drugs. Yeah, remember that? That's true. So that's I mean, true. It's tough. That was several episodes ago, y'all. Yeah. But but yeah. honestly, I mean, you know, we pop out and pop in stories yeah. throughout history. So yeah. you just never know. Never know. Yeah. But, but that yeah. was a, that was fun. I'll let you know if I get um, in any of the shows. Please do. I want to come. Well, yeah. I'm Can excited. I heckle you? I'm just kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's a very small theater. So, Haley. Yeah, it's small. I would be the proud mom. I would okay. be like We'd be next front to row. your mom, like front row with my yes. mom. Yes, I'd be like smile sparkle baby sparkle oh i'd be so excited i would oh my gosh yeah well those shows usually run like they usually run like two weeks so you have to do that show for two weeks straight wow so i remember doing the miracle worker for that long is this like a summer stock kind of Mm -hmm. thing yeah they do like six or six to eight shows that is phenomenal every like different shows every summer i am almost certain my high school theater teacher is with that oh cool yeah Yeah, i think they're only casting for like five or six of them so i think they're doing i think there's one that's fully professional cast Mm. maybe two that are fully professional and one that's just like a one-man show type thing i need a one-woman show that'd be great yeah no no but i'll keep you updated that would be so boring (laughs) (laughs) that would be great let me know absolutely all right, y'all. So you have waited, you have pined, you have said, how many days? How many days until I get to hear part two? Six. There you go. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Really? So a whole week. Yeah. So I'm sorry to keep you in this state of limbo. Limbo. How dare I? Does limbo but exist anymore? I we, We've had that conversation. I think depending on which Catholic you ask... They will have a different answer. Okay. So the newer Catholics will say, well, there's no such thing as limbo. You asked my grandma and she was like, I'm in it right now. Gotcha. Like, you know, like, okay. seriously. So she really believes uh, in limbo. But Got it. Anyway. All right. You know, so, so if I don't like the answer I get from one, I can just keep asking until I get the answer I of, want. Excellent. That's what yeah. I wanted to hear. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So really quickly, if you didn't hear it last week, I'm going to do a really quick overview. Mm. Um, so feel that. free to skip over if you guys don't need this. So this story takes place in Oak Level, Virginia. This is the story of... Michael Short, his wife Mary, and their nine-year-old daughter Jennifer. Um, They have a home that they also work out of. Michael owns a mobile home moving company where he actually moves mobile homes from one destination to another. Um, 
On August 15, 2002, he is found dead, shot in the head with a 22 caliber gun. His wife is found in her bed, again, shot in the head, deceased, with a 22 caliber gun. Um, and their daughter Jennifer is not deceased, but she's missing, and she is assumed to be kidnapped. So the police are following every lead possible to try and find Jennifer and figure out who this killer is and what the motive is. So last time we left, um, we have a community searching for Jennifer. We're in September, so a month later. There's no sign of Jennifer, although lots of tips have come into the police. There haven't been um, anything like that they could go on. Mm -hmm. Nothing really strong that pointed them in one direction or another. So we're going to pick up here with part two. Okay, I'm ready. So it's early September 2002 in rural Rockingham County, North Carolina. Okay. So we're going over the line in Virginia to North Carolina. So this is about 30 miles south of the Short family home. Eddie Albert's home sits on several acres of land that includes an unkept kept front yard in desperate need of mowing. Hmm, sounds like my yard sometimes. <laughs> So Eddie's walking around his property when he discovers a brown-haired wig in the grass. Just a wig? It's a brunette wig. Yeah. Eddie thought this was strange. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he picked it up, kind of looked at it, and uh, threw the wig away. Okay, so like sometimes out in the country, like people will go and like dump garbage. Right. Dump old couches or just crap. So he probably thought, yeah, this is strange, but people do weird stuff. Yeah, they dump weird things and different, you know. Yeah, and like people are stupid and, you know. Or like things, like they throw things out of the car window or whatever. Like we find stuff, there's a field um, across from where my grandparents lived um, and you find random trash in that field all the time. Yeah. And maybe, you know, it was like somebody's Halloween wig or something. Oh yeah. You know, they just like threw it or, you know, you just don't know. Right. So it could have come from anywhere. It really could have. So he didn't think too much of it. Like I said, he tossed it. Yeah. A few days later, Eddie's daughter showed him some animal teeth that she found on the property. And he was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Again, when you live out on the country, it's not uncommon for animals to die and, like, you know, you find animal pieces. Yes. Um, we had, so I grew up on a dairy farm and mm-hmm. we found, like, the cows would lose their teeth all the time, like, just as, you know, they age and, um, you know, eating and teeth fall out and we would find their teeth, you know, yeah. when we're cleaning lots or whatever. And my grandmother had a whole jar. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure she still has it somewhere. Say, yeah, I'm it? sure she does. Um, but then you'd also find like, you know, when an animal died or whatever, like out of the barn, you have like raccoons and possums and cats and, you know, things in the natural cycle of life. Things die yeah. and become skeletons and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then you'd find like pieces of bone and like, it's kind of cool sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, because they've been scavenged and like the bones are clean and circle of life and so like we found like i mean like i remember i found like Should pieces of the elton john song like pieces of like animal jaws that have had like teeth in them yeah. still and like i found old turtle shells that are you know cleaned out and um 
yeah just like neat like neat stuff like that like find old bones <laughs> i love the appreciation that comes from you about and they were cleaned out because other animals ate the carcass they did like, yeah mm, they're cleaned yum. yeah if i've been in the sun they've been bleached right pretty much like right. yeah yeah it's cool circle of life it man. is it's like i mean it's a it's that is like a farm kid country kid type thing like that's just something that's totally normal to, it's to find faith. like if i were to walk out onto the property even now like and find bones like it wouldn't be weird yeah. to me because like you know there's a lot of animals out there and you know the circle circle life all right that's what it is. <laughs> it is. So that's what Eddie thought. It was the circle of life. Got it. Animal teeth. So on September 26, Eddie led his two dogs out to play near the pond on his property. Mm-hmm. The dogs appeared to be fighting over something that he initially thought looked like a cleaned out turtle shell. Cleaned out turtle shell. And he was like, okay, yeah. So he's like, come on, boys, come over here. So he's like breaking it up. Give it to me, you know. So... He inspects it, and it's not a turtle shell. It looked like the fragment of an animal skull. So, like, maybe some type of cow or deer or something to that effect. Like, it's a fragment. I think, yeah, like, what could, what you would immediately think of. Like, what I would immediately think of. Maybe a dog. Yeah, or coyote. Yeah. Um, because we have we have a ton of coyotes even yeah. just in my neighborhood we have a lot of coyotes yeah um but we also have donkeys up on the hill so it takes care of that what a what a rich yeah. diverse neighborhood you have we're um actually one of the only streets in the city limits that's zoned for agriculture <laughs> i know you were telling me you yeah. can have uh, chickens yeah we have chickens goats we can have agriculture up and down it's a very like residential street like <laughs> i can saw at my yard you could see your neighbors yeah. kind of thing like that's amazing yeah but With we can chicken. have a we can have animals have a little duck on a leash yeah <laughs> well some of our neighbors have chickens and they're like out in the road sometimes you have My to watch gosh. it's you're not watching for kids crossing the road. well but if you chickens. do does that mean you get to eat it um granny did hit one one time ah uh, did she eat it um it actually lived oh that guy got up and just hopped right up hit it in her truck huh that chicken she was Bounced really off and, hoping for chicken and dumplings that night. Yeah, but, no, he, he right. scurried. <laughs> he was like, not today, Granny, not today. Not today. <laughs> but yeah. So Eddie broke up the fight, finds this animal skull, and he's like, huh. I mean, okay. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Shortly after, Eddie's daughter was around the pond again, and she found some more animal parts. But they look different, and uh, Eddie suspected um, it's, not, it's, an it's not an animal. Yeah, I thought that's where we were going. This is a human. Yeah. Eddie called the Rockingham <clears throat> County Police, who swiftly descended on the property. They dragged the pond and found several bones and bone fragments, including a skull with a bullet hole in the back of the head. Ugh. Police feared this may be the body of Jennifer Short. Yeah. But initially, the bones looked to be that of an older person. Okay. So they were like, okay, you know, it's not. So police reported out that the body was not Jennifer's, that they had to do some DNA analysis. And, you know, until that was completed, they could not prove, you know, 
with absolute certainty that this was or wasn't Jennifer Short. Right. So forensic analysis of the bones showed that the victim was female and had been shot in the back of the head with a... 22. 22. There we go. Yep. There it is. DNA compared against Michael and Mary's profile proved that the body found in Mr. Albert's pond was in fact that of nine-year-old Jennifer Short. Mm. Jennifer, too, had been shot in the head, and her body parts were strewn about the property 30 miles south of where she had been kidnapped. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that wasn't a wig. No, it was a wig. Um, I Well, I don't know. I bet I it was. It like, probably was her hair. Probably was her yeah. hair. Yeah. <sighs> Not all of Jennifer's body was recovered, though. Even though police thoroughly searched the area... Um, they couldn't find yeah. all of it. I mean, if this yeah. is a kind of a country-esque area. And if animals. You're going to yeah. have scavengers. Exactly. Yeah. So we have no idea if Jennifer experienced any other type of violence because mm. we just don't have all of all of her right. to show. So right. um, do you all recall last time when I mentioned the eyewitnesses um, claiming that they had seen a white male in a flatbed truck mm-hmm. near ball the short cap. home? Yeah. yeah, ball cap. The man was said to be in his 40s with a baseball cap and a weathered appearance. Hmm. Well, after police announced the body of Jennifer Short had been discovered, a tip came forward about a local man in North Carolina who lived down the road from where the body was found. Wow. Like a mile down the road. Dang. He was living in a house that he was renting on this property where he also kept his mobile home. Ooh. Yeah. This man's name was Garrison Bowman. He went by Gary. Mr. Bowman was in his 60s and was living in his mobile home off and on on the land that he rented. So he had the, from what I understand, he had the mobile home kind of parked, but he lived in this house that he was renting Mm. on this property. Yeah. Okay. His landlord, who was named Mr. Lemon, claimed... Yeah. All right. What a name. I know. Claimed that Mr. Bowman was an interesting character who claimed that he had hired a man in Virginia to come and move his mobile home. But the guy uh, took his money and never did the job. Okay. Weird. So if you recall, Michael Short lived in Virginia and had a business where he moved mobile homes. Uh So just saying. The landlord also revealed to police that Mr. Bowman was mad about getting screwed out of money, that he had made a threat that he would kill this guy. Okay. Yeah. He could just kill this guy. He took my money. The landlord also stated that he saw Mr. Bowman building a false bottom for his 2001 Ford van. That's a weird thing to build. That's a super weird thing to build. A shed. You know, maybe a, a shelf. Mm. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Like maybe build a shelf. Like, here we go. But a false bottom for your van. For that's, your van. Like, what you putting in there? Exactly. It's very strange. It's too late in the game for it to be moonshine. <laughs> it's too late. It's never too late it for moonshine. It is never too late for moonshine. Yeah, that's but true. you're right. Uh, once we got past prohibition, we just didn't give a damn right. anymore. Yeah. Right, you kind of yeah. do what you want to end with Ooh, that. white lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yes, it is. Everybody in the South has a supplier. Oh, my God. Everybody does. I mean, like, you know, like, the person you get your moonshine from. That's true. Who do you get your moonshine from? I'm not going to out them. Oh, all right. 
your but dealer. Like, everybody has one. De- everybody has a dealer in the South. For your moonshine. For your absolutely. moonshine. You can actually legally make it. You just can't sell it. True that. Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. so keep that hush hush. Keep that hush hush. So all this seems a little suspect, right? Yeah, it does like, seem odd. We're kind of building a case for this guy, Gary. Um, yeah, Gary's not looking so hot right now. Gary's not looking so hot. Um, false bottom in his van. That's sketch, Jerry. Gary. Threatened a man um, from Virginia who works for a, who owns like a mobile moving company. Like all these pieces are kind of coming together. But keep in mind, all of these pieces have been released to the public as well. Okay. So just know that, that that information was out there. Got it. Police instantly turn their attention to Gary Bowman. Mm-hmm. As they reach the area where his home once stood, they find the property empty. Like no mobile home, like the house obviously is right. there, but there's no mobile home and there's no Gary Bowman. Neighbors said that Gary had been gone and had left mid-April. A couple days after the murder. Again, not great. This is like not looking so good. Not looking good for Gary. The landlord, Mr. Lemon, reported that Mr. Bowman had left town, and when he went into the rental home, he discovered several maps of Virginia, one with a circle around the area in Henry County where the Shorts lived. It's not looking good for Gary. It's not looking good, Gary. Gary, if you didn't do this, this is not. This, someone this is, has really someone's pissed at you yeah, gary this is bad gary absolutely i'm, I'm worried for you <laughs> gary bowman had been known to carry a 22 caliber handgun and has a criminal history mostly for petty crimes and intoxication because well gary was a heavy drinker gary i'm worried that's a lot of white lightning worried gary <laughs> are you i am all right I'm glad you are. So settle in because, you know. It's going to get bad. Well. For Gary. Well. Maybe. Oh. All right. We'll get there. It's whatever. You let me know. You want any white lightning? If you're offering. I don't have any, but um, I do have some whiskey. Oh. I love whiskey. Same. Girl, I'd have given you some. I didn't know that. I love whiskey. You bought me whiskey. For Christmas one year. Yes, but that was so long ago. It was like 2020. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was. It It was was either 2020 or 2021. Yeah, Yeah, it was a while ago. It was a long time Mm -hmm. ago. Did you drink through it? Mm Mm-hmm. Probably in 2020. Probably in 2020, It really was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was like, you bought me that. (laughs) That is true. Yeah. My friend, um, she actually, the other day, um, I was chatting with her and I was like, been drinking and she was like how do you know that and i said i smell whiskey on your breath (laughs) and she's not an alcoholic please please know that uh but anyway she had just you know it was it was nighttime it was safe all the things right 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 uh she had had you know a little shot of whiskey she had had a really rough day and she was like oh i just need this little shot of whiskey but i it was so funny because she didn't think i could pick up on it i was like i'm i smell your breath right yeah like i can you're talking to me i can smell the whiskey that's funny and it smells good you got more yeah it's like you want (laughs) to share you want to hey why are you taking a shot you didn't give me any right yeah i love good whiskey same so apparently gary kind of liked it all all right so police put out an apb for gary bowman gary was nowhere to be found um and they couldn't even find him in the united states eventually 
they tracked him down because he was in jail. Oh. In Canada. Wow. Yeah. On immigration charges. Gary. You see, Gary attempted to cross the border, but was stopped because when they pulled his records, he had like DUI charges in the United States. Mm. And due to Canada's immigration laws, they can't allow a person on like wanted charges Mm -hmm. and charges into their country. Right. So... The Canadian, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police um, had him in custody. Got it. Yeah. So, um, by this point, the FBI gets involved with the Uh case, uh and uh, all of them take a little trippy trip to Canada, Uh where they talk to him, and Canada's like, oh, sure. Hey, have at it. Have at it, eh? This is your guy. (laughs) We don't want him in his It's not us. (laughs) We don't want him. Our country's clean. We don't want this crap. We don't want his mobile home either. Right. It's just all the things. And by the way, the whole mobile home was from 1968. So it wasn't like it was like. That's got a smell. (laughs) That's got a. I've been in those like really old mobile homes. Like no matter how clean, old smoke. Like that's a smell. I feel like like no matter how clean of a person they are, it just has a smell. It does. I don't know if it's like the breaking down of the plastics and the everything else, but is that old carpet, old shag, Shag. like old shaggy carpet that you know some dog has pooped on. Oh, absolutely, a lot. lot. You know that there's been. Maybe some water leaks oh, and it yeah. has a mold smell to yep. it. Yeah. yeah. You know somebody smoked in it. You oh, know they yes. have. So like all of those smells together, I agree. I yeah. bet it's It's a distinct yeah. smell. And uh, I'm sure those Canadian mounted police were like, oh, oh, our horse is picking up on your, you got to go. your mobile home, eh? <laughs> <laughs> if you're from Canada, I'm so sorry. We're so sorry. But are we? No. I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, so they go and visit him, and they have a little talky-talk with him. So, like I said, the FBI is involved, and, uh, you know, they're a little uh, firmer in Mm. their talks and that kind of thing. So they were talking to him and just said, so, what's your interest in Virginia? And he's like, what? Was I take a phone book and throw it at him? (laughs) (laughs) You're not telling us the truth. (laughs) It's kind of like you'd see in movies. Yeah. So eventually, Bowman heads back to the United States because Canada says, Bye. never again. We hate that smell. Um, so he again is interviewed. At this point, he's 66 years old and he works as a carpenter. Wow. Uh, when asked why he fled to Canada, Bowman stated he wasn't fleeing. He had planned to move his mobile home to Alaska or Canada. Like that was the plan all along. His 1968. <laughs> Mobile home. Things were falling off of it. Things were not going to be well insulated. He's not going to make it long. No, he's not. Up there in that little guy. No, he's, he probably, I mean, in coming from the South, you probably don't have that skill set. No. That's not going to end well. Mm -mm. Lots, I imagine on the highway, just like lots of pieces of, of, they're just flying off and drivers are like, oh my God. Avoiding the Trying to avoid it. Yeah. yeah. That's dangerous, man. Yeah. The duct work is just falling out from underneath. (laughs) The, you know, fake bottom maybe he made is like falling off. Dragon. All the things, maybe, you know, sparking a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm envisioning. <laughs> I see that, too. Yep. And we're like, who is this guy? Get this guy off the road. That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 
So this was the plan all along, though. That was the plan. Okay. Like, sure. nope, I wasn't fleeing. I know it seems like that. I was but just I moving. Was, I was moving. And he says, I let my landlord know this. Like, I told my landlord as of August, you know, 17th, mm-hmm. I would be packing up, taking my little mobile home, and heading north. So the landlord knew this. Yeah. But the landlord says something completely opposite. Like, oh, no, he just moved Up away. and left. Yeah. So something to note here. Bowman's mobile home and the house that he rented sat about a mile away from where Jennifer's body was found. Mm-hmm. And while he was older than the man the eyewitnesses had said, because mm-hmm. remember, they said, oh, some white guy in his 40s. Yeah. Um, he often wore a baseball cap, um, and he had sort of a worn-looking face and presentation, you know, obviously. Probably had a hard life, mm-hmm. probably was smoking, mm-hmm. doing all those things in the, the mobile home. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could have been that maybe they got the age wrong. Like, he was a white dude. Yeah. He was just 20 years older. So could have been. Could have been. Gary asserted he was not the killer of Michael, Mary, or Jennifer. Like, he did not know these people. Mm. He also said um, that he didn't know what the landlord was talking about. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Maps and all these other things about threatening someone. He was like, I I plan to move this mobile home myself. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't have anybody moving it for me. Like, I have the capability with my van to move it. I don't need somebody. So this was really strange. It's really weird. Very, very strange. So he was never arrested um, officially. He did go in front of like a grand jury in Roanoke, um, but they didn't have enough to indict him. Okay. So they let him go. He was always, however, considered a person of interest. Right, obviously. So it's important to note here that Gary Bowman had initially agreed to give his landlord the mobile home. Oh, And then he planned to move to Alaska without it. He was like, okay, so I'll just leave it here. You know, if you want to take it or rent it out or whatever, you know, no problem. And I'm just going to move up north. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Bowman threw a curveball when he decided that uh, he was going to leave the mobile home and deed it to a friend who lived in Michigan. So when he told the landlord this... Like, hey, by the way, um, my friend's coming, and they're going to come and take it, so. Yeah, so deal's off. So, sorry. Sorry about it. I'm still leaving, but peace. (laughs) Um, The landlord was said to be furious and wanted to get even with him. But it was his mobile home. It was not the landlord's mobile home. Right, like, he could do it the way the landlord Gary could do whatever he wanted, because... Gary had promised the landlord uh, the mobile home gotcha. and said, oh, you can have this. I'm going to go up north. And went can, back on his word. And yep, went like, back on his it. word. Okay. And so now the landlord is feeling pretty screwed over. Mm-hmm. So could this be someone trying to frame him or make him look suspicious? Sounds like it. I mean. It's doing a pretty good job. Remember the whole false bottom yeah. thing? Okay, so the police actually impounded his van there was no false bottom and there seemed to be no physical or forensic evidence to link him to Jennifer, Michael or Mary. Weird. Yeah. So 
this whole claim was untrue. Yeah. And actually, Gary maintained his innocence and took a polygraph test, which he passed. Interesting. It's just so strange. Yeah. So police actually pulled Gary's phone records from July to August of 2002 just to see who he was calling, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of prove a connection. So if they could see that he called Michael Short, they could confirm like, okay. You did know this guy. You did know this guy. So they pulled the records. And at this time, people didn't really use cell phones. So they pulled landlines, obviously. Um, And there were calls made to Canada, Michigan, and New Jersey. There were no calls made to Virginia. Sorry, I'm Tim Gary. You would think uh, he was hiring. If you would, he was hiring someone to move to uh, up north. You know, to move his his mobile home to Alaska. That he would be calling Virginia a whole lot and coordinating with Michael mm-hmm. on doing that plans right. and how to do it. Yeah, but there was no call log of that. That he never contacted yeah. Virginia, the state of Virginia, at all. That's weird anyone gary went in front of the grand jury and like i said no charges could be filed against him because there just really wasn't evidence to support it so it was thrown out he was released for his part many of gary bowman's friends stepped up for him and claimed that he was actually a really good man and couldn't have done this one of his friends even said like i have a nine-year-old son and he's so good with him Mm -hmm. and like when they work on mechanics and like things together like he really helps him and he's just really kind i could not see him doing this right. most people admitted like yeah he likes to drink yeah but like he's you know the town drinker and but yeah. he's the nice but he's a nice guy yeah. like yes he's he drinks but that doesn't make him a killer right or you a know, bad that's, person yeah that's yeah. a huge leap to go yeah. to so after strong leads and dead ends by 2003 the case goes cold mm. In 2006, several members of the Henry County Sheriff's Department were indicted on racketeering charges. Wow. But investigators um, say that it in no way played any part um, in the murder case. Like there, But it does call into question like some politics, yeah. right? So yeah. like, was there anything that was like hidden? There's so much in this case where... They're not saying anything. Right. Like, they're really keeping it close to the vest. So, people who are charged with, like, racketeering, like, are they the best at that kind of thing? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, there's some shady stuff happening. Mm-hmm. But um, that came out in 2006. So, this was four years after the murder. Mm. 2007, five years later, the FBI releases a sketch of a man whom eyewitnesses back in 2002 had claimed to see near the short home. The one in the flatbed truck, the guy who was in his 40s with the weathered face, you know, the white guy. Mm -hmm. The white guy. The white guy. When the picture came out, everybody was like, "Uh, I mean, that could be my dad. That could be anybody. Yeah. It, it, you know, like there was no, um, like specific feature or characteristic Mm. that made him different than like any other, like Joe Blow. Right. Like middle-aged white guy. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. He, he looks like Leon. Like, you know what I mean? Like he just, (laughs) he's just like a normal guy. Yeah. So the FBI sat down in 2019 with tests from Fox News Channel 8 and stated that there was a very specific reason why they waited until that time period to release the photo, though they wouldn't divulge 
Why? Of course not. And they wouldn't divulge if any leads had come from that. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. So 2007, that is five years after the murder. So Mm -hmm. what is happening? Like, what is going on behind the scenes? I would just, like, love to be a fly on the wall. In 2009, so seven years later, police announced that Michael was the biological father of Jennifer. Hmm. And remember, this was information that they had withheld. So the police did DNA testing back in 2002, and they knew that Michael was Jennifer's biological father. But out in the media, the only thing that they said was that Mary was her mother. That's it. Right. They never confirmed or denied. Never confirmed or denied. They left it sort of ambiguous, which really hurt the family. Um, And so they apologized and said... Yes, the reason we withheld this information was to find Jennifer's kidnapper. Like, that was our goal. And so that's why we held back this information. But we wanted to go ahead and put it out there seven years later that we'd been sitting on this information. And, uh, yeah, he was the father. Weird. It. Why? Why does it take that long? I just don't understand. Mm-mm. So in 2019, a Fox Channel 8 podcast came out about the case called Who Killed Jennifer Short? Hmm. Um, It's a multi-part series that examines the case and talks to family members, friends, police, and even FBI. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of my information, actually, from this and then other articles online in between 2002 and 22. So... I compiled a lot for this because it's a lot of information, um, but it's just absolutely fascinating. I will tell you um, that in 2021, 19 years after the crime, a task force was launched to find the Short family's killer. While Captain Wayne Davis of the Henry County Sheriff's Office states that there have been no new developments in the case, this is an opportunity to reevaluate evidence, go through interviews, and documents with a fine-tooth comb and new technology. Wow. Okay. So it was revealed that there are more than 1,000 pieces of evidence stored in two separate places that need to be reviewed. Wow. 1,000. So that begs the question. Right. What do they take? What do they take? Like, what's what do they have? I mean, I would assume things like computers. Yeah. Like, anything that had maybe data that could link you to somebody. Maybe, like, a cell phone, which back then was like a Nokia with a cord. You know? Or, like, their, you know, ledgers and... Right. Appointment books. Yeah. And Bookkeeping and that kind of stuff. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot of sense, but a thousand pieces is pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. So this review was all made possible by a grant from the U.S. Department of Justice Sexual Assault Kit Initiative. So Department of Justice Sexual Assault Kit Initiative. And this actually helped to get DNA tested. And just to be clear here, though, Police were never able to determine if Jennifer had been sexually assaulted due to them only finding pieces of her body and fragments. So never the whole body. So they want to say, though, it can never be ruled out as a possibility since Jennifer was abducted and like killed later. Right. Elsewhere. Killed elsewhere. So Henry County Sheriff Lane Perry commented, quote, there's a part where we want to feel like we're close. And there's being close to actually getting a warrant, and we know the warrant is not the end of it, Mm. end quote. So 
basically he's saying like <clears throat> we feel like we're like honing in on who it could be right but we've got to make sure that like we do all our due diligence before we go after them because in a situation like gary there wasn't enough evidence right but that's probably a good thing because we're leaning more team gary here yeah it seems likely he didn't do it did we check out the landlord yeah, um, I guess they checked out the landlord, and it just seemed like the landlord was just um, salty. Okay. I mean, but that's pretty salty to blame a murder. Yeah. Three murders of a whole family uh, on a guy who rented your house. That is odd. I mean, I could say, like, you're not getting your deposit back. Like, yeah. that would be, I mean, that, know, that'd, be like, that'd be a big stab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> especially nowadays yeah. oh my gosh first and last month's rent what? security deposit yeah. you're not getting that back mm. i mean that'll stick it to him but sure will trying to frame him for murder is is kind of something else but i read or i think i read that uh the landlord actually went through a polygraph of his own in past so so uh, probably not the landlord yeah no okay. no so not the landlord got it so i will say that police do have uh two to three people identified who seem to draw more focus than others but they aren't at liberty to reveal who they are obviously mm-hmm. they don't want to um disrupt the case so crime stoppers is offering kind of a strange amount sixty two thousand five hundred dollars as a reward for any information that will lead to the arrest and conviction of the perpetrator or perpetrators of this crime wow if you have any information about this case, please call the Henry County Sheriff's Department at area code 726-638-8751 or Crime Stoppers at 63-CRIME. Otherwise, 276-632-7463. And if you're curious, Gary Bowman was never convicted and has since passed away. Oh. Yeah. Team Gary. I do believe Gary's innocent. Yeah. I do. Team Gary. In February of 2019, the Short family home burned to the ground, but it's not believed to have any connection with the murder. Wow. Yeah. So there's nothing left. So even if there was any kind of evidence left within the house, it's gone. Right. The extended Short family has tried to go on, but keeps Mary, Michael, and Jennifer in their hearts and minds always. Yellow ribbons mark the anniversary, and a scholarship was created in Jennifer's honor for girls under 13. Hmm. Remember that Circle C convenience store Mm -hmm. um, that had flyers up about Jennifer was missing? So um, they had flyers that said, you know, help find Jennifer's killer, and then they changed the flyer to say, you know, Please help us find who killed Jennifer. Um, Folks in the community will never forget what happened. And, of course, they're in their memories as well. Um, They'll always think about the Short family as sweet. And they always remember Jennifer as being that precocious little nine-year-old. And that's the end of our story. Um, Wow. You know, this, I feel like this case, again, is solvable. Yeah. Like, we say that about many cases that we have, but I do feel this one is definitely solvable. Seems like it. Yeah. And just, what was the intention? Yeah. Like, why? Not robbery. You know, like, what was it? Um, Police have theorized that maybe it was someone who was stalking the family, um, maybe some kind of predator um who wanted maybe jennifer who wanted jennifer you know she would 
she would walk freely over to the convenience store. Maybe someone had seen her um, and maybe was, was kind of staking out the family and paid attention. And maybe they waited for Chris to leave maybe. to sort of make their mark. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. It's just so strange. But anyway, um, I hope we find answers yeah. for this family, Absolutely. for the community, because this is terrible. Yeah. Um, if you would like to send us some feedback, we'd really appreciate it. Please reach out to us. Um, you can do so via email at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. You can send us a message on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia and... If you are hankering for more bonus content, we are ready to give it to you at Patreon, patreon.com slash mountain mysteries. All right. Haley, you Mm -hmm. got a shout out for us? Sure. Um, Let's go Novato, California. Novato, California. Nice. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. And we hope that you have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye.